Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Birds and Beans Shade Grown Bird Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. And by Ocean State Bird Club. Delighted to sponsor Ray Brown's Talking Birds. If you hear ravens in your neighborhood croaking nevermore, it's time to get out of the house. And the best place to go is on one of Ocean State Bird Club's terrific free walks. Find us on Facebook and online at www.oceanstatebirdclub.org. Ocean State Bird Club. Good morning. Welcome to our show number 752. We're live here on the 3rd of November. Daylight saving time in effect now in most places around the country. Well, a couple of weeks ago, we reported on the catastrophic Chimney Swift collision event in North Carolina when a hundred of the birds were killed and many more injured when they crashed into windows at the NASCAR Hall of Fame building. Meanwhile, Chimney Swifts are facing numerous other threats to survival, including the fact that there's a shortage of chimneys. Fortunately, some folks are working to help address the problem by building artificial chimneys. The latest effort comes from a group led by Alabama Audubon in the city of Birmingham and all around the state. And they're not the only ones. The Audubon Society of Western Pennsylvania has helped build about 150 nesting towers. And a group in Texas has put up more than 100 towers in the central part of the state. And they report that nearly all the towers are occupied by the intended residents. Chimney swifts, by the way, are listed as a vulnerable species, which means they're likely to become classified as endangered unless the circumstances that are threatening their survival and reproduction improve. So kudos to folks all around the country who are trying to make that survival and reproduction possible. We'd like to welcome a new partner to our show today. It's Red Start Birding, your new resource for birding optics gear and expertise check out all of their great stuff at redstartbirding.com that's redstartbirding.com from our unintended consequences department researchers in russia all volunteers at the wild animal rehab center in novosibirsk have been tracking migrating eagles with sms transmitters in a conservation effort on behalf of the birds some of the eagles traveled a really long way, and that's where the unintended consequences came into play. It seems like, or it seems as though those long-distance flights resulted in huge data roaming charges, threatening to scuttle the program due to insufficient funds. But the researchers and the eagles are in luck. After learning of the group's dilemma, Russian mobile phone operator Megaphone canceled the debt and put the project on a special, cheaper plan so the volunteers can continue counting the eagles as they fly all the way to Iran and Kazakhstan. High five! Meanwhile, sometimes luck comes into play on our Talking Birds Mystery Bird Contest, and that's because if we don't get a correct answer, we'll conduct a drawing and award the prizes to a caller with a not exactly correct answer. Here's a preview of this morning's Mystery Bird Contest. There's a sound of our mystery bird. It's a medium-sized shorebird with moderately long legs and a very long bill. 
In its northern Canada, in Alaska, breeding plumage is dark brown on top and reddish underneath with a spotted throat and breast and barred flanks. On its wintering grounds, mostly in the southern U.S. and Mexico, it's mostly gray or brownish gray. It feeds on mudflats or long mudflats and in mudflats, probing for aquatic invertebrates and insects with a distinctive sewing machine action, sometimes in association with a close relatives, a relative that sometimes has a slightly shorter bill. Flocks of our mystery bird twitter at each other while feeding, something that close relatives tend not to do. Some clues there of our mystery bird contest. We're giving away a beautiful Droll Yankees window mount songbird feeder. That's a cool one that goes right to your window. Nothing between you and the bird and the glass there. Plus, a download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app, the app that makes learning bird sounds a game. That's our Mystery Bird Contest. That's a little preview of our contest. The actual thing will be coming along um, just uh, a little bit uh, later. Extra, extra, read all about it. Some of the stories and videos right now on our Talking Birds Facebook page. We also have some cool stuff on our website, TalkingBirds.com. More on that later. Thousands of European starlings do their murmuration thing in Asheville, North Carolina, and shut down an airport in the process. You'll find a link to the story from Asheville's CBS 11 on our Facebook page. Officials in the Alaskan city of Soldotna have been following up on reports of numerous smashed windshields in a hospital parking lot. Vandals, maybe? Friends of Tim McKenney? Maybe not. Some evidence hey, hey suge- now. Hey. Sorry, 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 Tim. <laughs> Way out of line on that. Some evidence suggests that rock-dropping crows or maybe ravens may be to blame. There's more to the story, too, and you can read it through our link to the Anchorage Daily News. And why do birds in cooler climates lay darker eggs? Phys.org, P-H-Y-S, has a report about research that may provide the answer. And we can connect you to that story on our page right now. And that's some of what's on our Facebook page. You can also find those stories through an online search. Now here's our reluctant conservation salute of the week. Reluctant because it might be argued that these companies should have done what they've done years ago... Nonetheless, we salute Duncan, formerly Duncan Donuts, and Honeydew Donuts for finally deciding to ditch their plastic foam, often referred to as styrofoam, coffee cups in favor of biodegradable and recyclable cardboard cups. So our conservation salute, reluctant though it may be, to Duncan and Honeydew. I'll be blue till you say I do. Meanwhile, with no reluctance at all, we offer a huge thank you to some more new Talkin' Birds ambassadors. Listeners who have stepped up and allowed us to send them some of our little info cards to hand out to their friends and spread the word about our show and about birds and conservation. So thanks to Tom Doig from Dixon, Illinois. They're in Lee County, about 100 miles, I think, west of Chicago. Thank you so much, Tom. Thank you to Noreen Krebs from Baldwin, Missouri, a suburb of St. Louis, and ranked three times by Money Magazine as one of the best places to live in the United States. That's there in Baldwin, Missouri. Thank you, Noreen. 
And thank you to Chris Rohrer from Tucson, Arizona. Chris says, I'm a bird guide for Tucson, Arizona, and listen to your program every week. We like this part. He says, best part of my Monday morning commute to work. Thank you for that, Chris, and for becoming a Talking Birds ambassador. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join the ambassador's family, help spread the word about birds and conservation. To join the family, just visit our website, TalkingBirds.com. Click on the Get Involved button right there at the top of the page, and then choose the Become an Ambassador option. And now, Talking Birds listeners, we play a visit to the Talking Birds Science Corner, where our Debbie Bleacher will tell us about the white bellbird, which may be the loudest bird in the world. Come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. Well, good morning, Debbie. Good morning, Ray. Welcome back to the Talking Bird studio. The bellbird uh, has a competitor for its loudness, but it's number one, right? It seems to be, Ray. It edges out even the mating song of the screaming piha as mm. the loudest bird sound in the world. <laughs> and these two birds are related. Yeah. The screaming piha and the white bellbird are two species of Katinga, which are passerines that live mostly in Central and South America. Hmm. But before we talk about them, how about we hear their sounds? Uh, not at full volume. Okay. Screaming piha. <whistles> that is the screaming piha, Latin name Lipagus vociferans. Like the white bellbird, it lives in the northern mountainous region of the Brazilian Amazon. It's a drab gray bird, and it looks pretty innocent, lurking about in the midstory. But researchers from UMass Amherst recently measured this sound as having a peak loudness of about 116 decibels from mm. one meter away. And just so you know, a loud rock concert is 120 decibels. Wow. Okay, I've recovered from that. Next? <laughs> okay. Next, let's hear the white bellbird, Latin name Procneus albus. It also lives in the Brazilian Amazon, like I said. The males are white with this weird waddle that hangs down from their beaks. Yeah. I don't know why they don't bite themselves. That is weird. They have two mating songs, which the researchers from UMass Amherst helpfully call the Type 1 song and the Type 2 song. Can we play them both? That's the Type 1 song. And can we hear the Type 2? It sounds kind of like a radio station emergency alert signal, right? Yeah, something that's weird, yeah. So the researchers think this song is so short because mm. the male needs to expel all the air from his lungs to make that much noise. Mm. Me, I think it's that short because the female would kill him if it went on any longer. <laughs> uh, I'll buy that, understandable. So which of those two bird, those sounds we just heard, those two bellbird sounds registers louder? That would be the type two song. It mm. edges out the screaming piha song as the loudest bird sound in the world. It peaks at about 125 decibels. Ooh. Now, most people feel pain at about 125 decibels. I feel pain at about 110 decibels, so I'm mm. never going any, anywhere <laughs> near one of those guys. Here, take these uh, noise-canceling headphones. Oh, thanks. Um, now, I sure will. Now, now, what's incredible about uh, what's incredible to me is that female white bellbirds will actually join the males on their mating perches when they're making this racket. A male will sing this song and then turn to the female at the end, blasting the song in her face. 
The females do seem to have a little sense, though. Uh, the original article about this, published in the journal Current Biology, describes the female as, quote, retreating as or just before the male sings, Smart. end quote. I, myself, I would retreat to another continent. <laughs> That's our Debbie Bleacher bags packed, just in case. Thank you, Debbie. You're welcome, Ray. Still to come on our show today, we'll catch up with our man Mike O'Connor in our Let's Ask Mike segment. As always, he'll have something fascinating to tell us, just as Debbie did. And up next, is it a fierce hunter or a kleptoparasite? Or both? One thing's for sure, it's today's featured feathered friend, presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Question. When is a hunter also a parasite? Answer. When its name is Stercorarius parasiticus, or the parasitic Jaeger. A relentless persecutor and tormentor of terns and smaller gulls, chasing them until they drop their food, which the Jaeger then swoops down and catches in midair. This only works about a quarter of the time, though, so this avian kleptoparasite then has to find its own food. But don't pity him, it all seems to be working out, since the parasitic Jaeger outnumbers all other Jaegers around the world. This brown-bodied, dark-capped bird with a diamond-shaped tail is usually silent, but during migration does make this shrill sound, which gulls and terns may hear as, drop it. parasitic Jaeger is a member of the Skua family. That word sounds like the name of that long pin thing used to hold meat in place while it's cooked. Right, a skewer. No doubt that's why our friend Sue McGrath from Newburyport Birders suggests that a group of these birds should be called a shish kebab of skewers. The parasitic Jaeger, a.k.a. the Arctic Skua, a.k.a. the parasitic Skua, scientifically named Stercorarius parasiticus and officially designated as today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend. A lot of scary sounds on this morning's show and it's not even Halloween anymore. Hey, by the way, in next week's show, we'll welcome a guest from a birding group that aims to give safe harbor to women's voices and to uplift vulnerable communities. Carla Noboa from the Boston chapter of the Feminist Bird Club will be our guest right here next week. As always, we invite you to visit our website. The address would be TalkinBirds.com. And I think Tim will uh, verify that there is still no G. No, no G. Haven't added no? it. No. All right. You yeah. just checked it again, I believe. Yes. Yep. Still good. All right. TalkinBirds.com. No G in Talkin. And as always, we hope you'll follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And Instagram, and I might mention, by the way, that our Freya McGregor has moved away to Kentucky. However, she's going to be back with us on our show from afar. So uh, she'll be sending up some fantastic Instagram things on there. So worth checking out. So now she's a Kentucky woman. Kentucky woman. Yes. And she's got the yes. Kentucky bourbon and all that. Oh, she doesn't yeah. drink, so she'll be okay. sending it to me, I hope. <laughs> Very good. All right, so... Uh, where were we then, Tim? I think it's um, where we say our mystery bird contest uh, is up next in just one minute. 
Hello, I'm Ed Begley Jr. And wherever you call home, the sounds of wildlife connect you with a greater family of life. That's why you shudder each time you see woods, marshes, meadows, or grasslands being destroyed. You know that countless birds and other wild animals are losing their homes, the greatest threat to their survival. Among the growing number of threats to wildlife, habitat loss is the most devastating. The Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust offers a humane solution, working with private landowners to protect habitat as permanent safe havens for wildlife. When you hear the familiar wild voices you love, remember, your voice is the one that can speak for wildlife and for the land they call home, ensuring that it stays forever wild. To learn more, to work with the Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust, visit wildlifelandtrust.org. Our mystery bird contest is presented by Red Start Birding. Red Start Birding is your new resource for birding optics, gear, and expertise. Great birding starts at redstartbirding.com. That there is the sound of our mystery bird. We're going to give you some clues here. There's the sound and invite you to call in at this number as soon as you possibly can so we'll have time for your call and our mystery bird contest. And it would be 781-837-4900. That's 781-837-4900. Our mystery bird is a medium-sized shorebird with moderately long legs and a very long bill in its northern Canada and Alaska breeding plumage. It's dark brown on top, reddish underneath with a spotted throat and breast and barred flanks. We often can see those colors on migration on its wintering grounds, mostly in the southern U.S. and Mexico. It's mostly gray or brownish gray. It feeds in mudflats, probing for aquatic invertebrates and insects with a distinctive sewing machine action, sometimes in association with a close relative that sometimes has a slighter or slightly shorter bill. Flocks of our mystery bird twitter at each other while feeding, something that that close relative tends not to do. What is our mystery bird? Let us know at 781-837-4900. Remember, your not exactly correct guess could still be a winner if nobody nails the identity exactly. So give it a try with your answer or guess at 781-837-4900, 781-837-4900. Meanwhile, we check in with Mike O'Connor, at the legendary Bird Watchers General Store on Cape Cod. Let's ask Mike live in just one minute. We're for the birds. And we want to say thanks to another Talkin' Birds ambassador who's helping to spread the word about our show and about birds and conservation. My name is Isabella Boudelette, and I am calling from Alamosa, Colorado. I would encourage other listeners to become Talkin' Birds ambassadors so that they can bring their excitement and love for birds and birding and what birds and birding do for them in their lives to others that they care about. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our ambassadors family. It's easy to do. Just visit our website, TalkinBirds.com. Click on Get Involved at the top of the homepage and then choose the Become an Ambassador option at TalkinBirds.com. And thanks. 
Well, this is pretty exciting. Mike O'Connor there at the Birdwatchers General Store. We have to check with his, on his topic here, and he says it's about bird tales. And we love stories. So this <laughs> ought to be just terrific. Good morning, Mike. That's right. Gather around yeah. the fire, kids. We have some bird tales to discuss today. I know. I got the spelling wrong here. Debbie yeah. is here with us to correct me on that, but I still got it. <laughs> I still got it wrong. It's really T A I L S, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a little different, right? Okay. I don't. Yeah, sometimes it's the technicality, but it is a difference going on there. Yeah, small thing. And yeah. I just wanted you to make a fool of yourself. So, <laughs> thank you. Well, that Scream, would be. I'm glad you brought up screaming peahaw. Yeah, we <laughs> talked about the screaming peahaw uh, oh, with you a while ago. That's oh, right. It's yeah. like the best bird name ever, if you ask me. That was yeah. That was our bird name uh, program with you. Uh-huh. Yeah, the screaming peahaw. But only anyway, the second loudest. Yeah, bird tails. Sometimes you get birds birds you know i guess most birds are famous for their tails as part certainly part of their anatomy and you know certain times of year that they, they might be missing a lot of times it's due to molting but this time of year late in the year um you might see a bird without a tail a customer had a picture of a morning dove and you know it looked like a sweet potato because it was like the tail <laughs> was totally missing and people wonder if the birds are okay will they be able to fly and survive without their tail and the answer to that is certainly yes the birds don't need their tail at all for flying. They, they hmm. really, it really depends upon their wings. And usually, this time of year, uh, the, the t- a lot of times that they lose their tail from a predator attack. They get something tries to grab them, be a fox or something, and and the tail feathers come out rather easily. You know, like those lizards when you grab the tail and the yeah. lizard goes running away, and you end up with a hunk of tail that was the same thing. They, they it's kind of a way for them to escape. Um, you know, like. Remember back when you were starting quarterback for the Rhode Island uh, School of Broadcasting and you had that tearaway jersey, oh, yeah. so you'd always score the touchdown. Oh, right? yeah, our team, the Fumblers. Yeah, <laughs> we were awesome. Oh, yeah. Well, it's the same thing. It helps them get away. But fortunately, the tails grow back fairly quickly. Mm. Depending on the health of the bird, it might be as short as two weeks where the tail comes wow. back. If It's a good, healthy bird. It might take a little longer if they don't have enough nutrition. But the tail is important for birds, and depending on the species. You know, um, certainly hawks and larger birds use the tail for soaring, or they flare it out when they're trying to land. It's kind of like a, an air brake for them. Yeah. When they, when they go to uh, when, when they go to land, a, uh, a lot of birds use it for balance songbirds, particularly when they land on a branch. They use that tail as kind of a counterbalance. They also use it for um, displaying. You know, some birds have a tail that really helps them attract the mate, but they're uh, the rest of the time they're almost in the way. I think peacock comes to mind. Mm. You know, I think they'd. A lot of times these birds would be better off without such elaborate tails. You wonder how they can fly with those tails. Some of, yeah, those are, well, they, some of the hummingbirds, too, with the crazy uh, th- tails there. Yeah. They, well, they, the hummingbirds' tails, they use those for, again, display. You know, yeah. when they're angry or they're trying yeah. to attract a female, they flare it out. Like yeah. you'll, get, you'll see a most time hummingbirds look like a blur, but then you slow it down, and those tails flare out, and they've got a lot of red and white and colors on the edge, but they flare out. And I think one of the, the birds that probably uses it the most for survival are the, uh, the woodpeckers. You know, yeah. The woodpeckers, they te- they had, their tails were stiffer, yeah. and they, they push them against the trunk of the tree so the, the birds can rear back. I'm, I'm actually demonstrating this right now, but I'm, you probably can't see it. Camera three, get a close. <laughs> Looks great, Mike. Looks great. <laughs> he sees it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So they lean against the, the, the tree with their stiff tails yeah. so they can hammer into the tree. And so they would definitely need a 
uh, tails grow back. And, and, and then for mating, you get the Wilson snipe, right? They have that little funky edging on their tail, yeah. so when they flutter around... It's that winnowing thing. Correct, yeah. yeah. So tails are important, but they grow back unless, um, unless there's some kind of damage. Mm-hmm. They'll grow back and they'll be fine. They're just a little... A little funky for a few days, but other than that, they'll grow back. All right, well, thank you for that info, Mike. Next time, Mike will tell us why birds never have their tails in front. (laughs) More research. Thank you, Mike. You got it. Mike O'Connor down there at the uh, famous Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Meanwhile, we'll be back to the Mystery Bird Contest um, right after this. Every Wednesday, Birdwatching Magazine sends an e-newsletter full of information of interest to birdwatchers, including recent news stories about birds, conservation, and science, photography tips, stories about places to go birding, bird ID tips, and much more. Best of all, the newsletter is free. Sign up today at birdwatchingdaily.com slash newsletter. Okay, on the mid, uh, the mid, 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 mystery bird uh, contest. Thank you, Porky. This is the uh, sound of the bird there. Our medium-sized shorebird with moderately long legs and a very long bill. What is it? 781-837-4900. We have the beautiful Droll Yankees window mount songbird feeder and a download or online access to the LockWire app as prizes. And we have Ted in Lynn, Massachusetts. Good morning, Ted. Morning, Ray. Good morning. You heard all those clues and all that stuff, Ted. What do you uh, say on the Mystery Bird Contest? And Tim will uh, decide whether you are correct or not. I'm thinking the short-billed dowager. Short-billed dowager, Tim. Oh. Oh. That sounded like a pretty good guess. It's a very, very good guess. That is a a top quality Mm. guess and then some. But thank you, Ted. uh, You know, if nobody gets... uh, Let's put it this way. If nobody gets the... uh, Anything closer, you would be our sure our winner for for oh. what, what that's worth. All right. Okay. okay. Sounds good. All right. Thank you, Ted. Seven eight one eight three seven four nine hundred is the number. Our friend Charlie in Hanover, Massachusetts. I believe. Hello, Ray. How are you, sir? I'm well, Charlie. How are you doing? Awesome. Actually, down in uh, Cape Cod right now. It's a beautiful day down here. Oh, it is beautiful, isn't it? You must be uh, close to 60 today down there, I'm kind of guessing. It's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. The sun is shining, and there's so many aquatic birds down here, but Mm -hmm. it's absolutely beautiful. All right. I wonder if our mystery bird is around there somewhere. What do you say our mystery bird is, Charlie? I don't think it is, but I'm guessing a belted kingfisher. Belted kingfisher is uh, Charlie's guest there. Oh, uh, Tim. Oh, my God. I hate hearing that. That's the old buzzard. (laughs) Yeah, it's back. Just for you, Charlie. All right. Enjoy your weekend, sir. Always a pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you, Charlie. All right, so we had a guest for a short-billed dowager, which we identified as a heck of a fine-quality guest. And then Charlie's uh, really good guest there of a um, a, a belted kingfisher. I think that's what he said. Yeah. Okay, those are not exactly exactly correct. So we have maybe enough time to get another call or two uh, through here. Tim is working on that right now. And I see him writing something pretty feverishly there. He's about to hold it up to the window between our studios. And we see that it's Tom, and it's another Massachusetts caller from Canton, Massachusetts. Good morning, Tom. Hey, I love your show. Listen to it every Saturday, Sunday. All right. Thank you so much, Tom. We're, we're, glad, we're glad you do, and thank you for that. And how about our mystery bird? Well, I'm thinking Sandhill Crane. Sandhill Crane, uh, Tim. Do you have any more buzzers or anything in there? We have this one thing over here. Yeah. 
small. Sorry about that, Tom. Probably a little smaller. Then. <laughs> a little smaller, exactly right. Okay, That's, thanks. Th- thank you very much, Tom. Okay, bye. All right, not a sandhill crane. If you want to see sandhill cranes, of course, head for the Platte River in Nebraska. Wow, we had a chance to see them a few years ago. About 400,000 of them there at one time on the Platte River. Betsy is in Manomet, Massachusetts. Good morning, Betsy. Good morning. How are you this morning? Doing well, thank you. What do you think our mystery bird is, Betsy? Uh, Greater Yellowleg. Greater Yellowlegs uh, is the guest from Betsy. We've had three different uh, sounds that were indicating not quite correct, so we'll spare you that and just say that that is not exactly what we're looking for. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Betsy. Bye-bye. I think we're just about out of time. We're going we're gonna to say that uh, Ted, with the short Bill Dowitcher guess, will be our winner because the actual bird was the long-billed Dowitcher. So that was pretty darn close. Whew, we're out of time. Carla Naboa from the Boston chapter of the Feminist Bird Club will be our guest right here next week. Thanks to our amazing Talking Birds team, Debbie Bleacher. Debbie, uh, Debbie, thanks for being in the studio with us, too, in the Science Corner. Plus, Freya McGregor and our producing engineer, Tim McKenney. I'm Ray Brown. See you next week. <laughs> Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store. Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. And by Ocean State Bird Club. Delighted to sponsor Ray Brown's Talking Birds. If you hear ravens in your neighborhood croaking nevermore, it's time to get out of the house. And the best place to go is on one of Ocean State Bird Club's terrific free walks. Find us on Facebook and online at www.oceanstatebirdclub.org. Ocean State Bird Club.